0: Hi everybody, welcome, it's Toby Miller here, the Cultural Studies Podcast, and I'm with Lex Thomas, but that's really two different people, so I'm going to ask Lex Thomas to introduce him, her, it, self, <laughs> themselves.
1: In two parts. In two parts, yeah. Uh, I'm Lex Raby, uh, the uh, Lex of the combination.
2: Uh, and I'm Thomas Voorhees, the yeah. Thomas. Right. And uh, Yeah, what do you think of that? we were sort of un- unsure. We... Of uh, the idea to, to to combine ourselves into one
1: name, one entity, one, yeah. one
2: entity to make easier for people to
1: conceive. Sort of a complete package, I guess. With it, when you see the book or see anything relating to us, but <laughs> as it goes on, we have to explain more and more. Sure, sure,
0: sure, sure. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, I write. My name's Toby Miller. I write books of a guy named Richard Maxwell. We've often thought of being Max Miller. Yeah, yeah. Right? Except he was a kind of blue, i.e., pornographic stand up in Britain in the 40s. Max all, Miller was. Yeah. yeah. Um, a real kind of Lenny Bruce of Britain, uh-huh. but without the political cachet. <laughs> right. Um, so I always think that Max Miller would be unfortunate. And Toby Maxwell is too long. I think Lex Thomas is really good. I <laughs> I we, were, nice.
1: we were happy when we landed on it. We had, we had uh, uh, thrown around, at a certain point, we wondered if we would even say that we were two people, if we would create an identity for Lex Thomas, and we kicked around some. Pretty ridiculous ideas for a, yeah. a while. One being that like Lex Thomas is writing this book from prison. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, we we, we yeah. Hit, had everything. Hit the wall. Well,
0: I once, one more story about me, and then this should be about you. I'm I was definitely. once editing a book with a friend. We were the same age, and it turned up, turned out without knowing one another when we were twelve. We used to go to the same football, i.e., soccer ground in Britain. We had the same heroes. So we decided when we edited this book together that those heroes would write in a bit of commerce the intro. Mm. So it was Steve Earle and Les Barrett, mm. and our then partners both said, "This is really Boise and stupid and macho shit, and you shouldn't be doing this. And who do you think you are?" But we did it anyway. It got right to the point of getting the proofs back from the publisher, and then they said. We've been trying to contact Mr. Earl and Mr. Barrett in terms of potential royalties. We can't find them. What are their addresses? Mm. And then we realized, this has gone too far. far." (laughs) And we pulled back and we said, actually, they do exist, but we've no idea where they are. They're football players from the early 1970s, and (laughs) we're incredibly embarrassed 45-year-olds whatever it was we said.
2: I mean, that's what it was. We came up with all these scenarios for what this fictional person we, we we are would be but everyone just can't it would i would be excited for about a day until the nightmares of people <laughs> finding the truth cracking and the code being dragged through the public arena for it well, the,
0: other, the interesting thing about it, of course, is that in a sense it carries on a long-standing U.S. tradition, which is to take two somewhat complicated European last names yeah. and turn them into a very conventional Anglo name. Yeah. Right. right? right, right.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, that's very true. I mean, it's I, true. It you see
0: it in Hollywood from the 30s. Yeah. Yeah? And yeah.
2: It seems like the thing you do when you want to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually think Max, Max Miller, was it? You yeah. Said? Max yeah. Miller sounds like a great name if you were going to do some sort of, sort of revolutionary work or something. Really? I just like the idea... Yeah. I like the idea of being a mysterious presence who's named after this this public figure from back in history. Right, yeah, yeah. It it sounds like it has meaning. Yeah, yeah, no, It doesn't matter if it it. it does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, but in terms of deciding to become one, you Mm -hmm. said you've had to create a narrative about that. So Mm. tell us, because, I mean, you could have been two authors, as in fact you are on the page.
1: Yeah. Well, we kind of, I mean, at this point we've sort of uh, we've been a writing team um, for quite a few years and, uh, and we wrote screenplays together and do write screenplays together originally. Um, and, that, uh, and that's pretty traditional in Hollywood as far as uh, writing duos. Um, but at this point we sort of think of it as sort of a, a band or you know that Lex Thomas has yeah. one voice. As far as what what, our, what we are together is one thing, what I would write separately, what Tom would write separately, would be two different things. But what we do together is sort of one one thing. So, no, I like think that. It works, I like
2: know. that. So that that is the sort of the process. It. I think it's a struggle half the time, you know, to be two people and authors don't generally want to like, you know, you want you you want to control the world of whatever you're working on. But uh, it's a little baby. Yeah. But it is. We, we do a very collaborative process. We're, we talk the whole thing out together to begin with to figure out what it is, and then we compose it separately, and then come back together. and It always ends with the two of us in the same room going through the thing page by page and, and agreeing or not agreeing on, or well, eventually agreeing yeah, on the choices that <laughs> make we make into the forward. book.
0: So does that mean that, for example, when you decided the story is going to do X, Y, and Z, yeah. Z, sorry. That you go away and actually write might be writing the same sequence, and then you put the two to, together alongside and see which is better. Not at the better, same or? time. No. no.
2: So far, it's been one person will 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 give do the initial version. Mm-hmm. and The next will come through, see what is either missing or is not working, and right. and then and then the, the two then we get together and and just make decisions. Yeah. But, yeah, right. think,
1: and maybe pull things back that were there. Or, yeah, you, I mean, you know. both,
2: both of us writing the same thing and then trying to combine it would be interesting, but we
1: just don't have, <laughs> we the, don't the, have deadlines the deadlines. Are, not yet, so fast. maybe down the no, road. sure, sure, stuff, sure. Like, there's no
0: time. In terms of that process, when you look back at, and by the way, there's a book just about to come out, which we'll get onto in one yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. When you look back at what eventually emerges, can you remember who wrote what in terms of, say, dialogue? Yeah. paragraph or whatever
2: definitely like there's definitely lines where you, I can I'll read and, and immediately remember being in the chair writing that or remember the little the burst of pride and when I came yeah. up with that turn of phrase or that uh, you know some some truth expressed that I, I had respect for but uh, but then there's a lot of times that I don't a lot of mm-hmm. times yeah. that I mm-hmm. feel like I think I came up with that and I but it's become blurry over time and we've been writing these books so fast like uh, you know, or that, and then trying to write the screenplay as well, that sometimes it gets a little uh, hazy in my head, you know, what, right. what occurred and what went, what happened when.
0: Yeah.
1: It was interesting yeah. that um, cl- uh, when we had f- finished the first book um, and had the uh, advanced reader copies, we gave the, them to our close friends to read. And a couple of friends said the, the same thing, which is that. Uh, they had moments of, of seeing one thing that that I would write, and one thing that Tom would write, that as being like very Tom or very Lex or whatever. But for the most part, they said they really couldn't identify, you know, who was who. It, it sort of felt like one voice to them, which was
0: I, I don't know what it is. Good.
1: I guess it's a compliment, but well, no, that's
0: what you want ultimately, isn't yeah. it? That they you're producing something greater than something that's part, And I actually, in fact more unified right. at the same time as it's right. great.
1: Yeah. And I actually get a kick out of the things that I know are his, that are in there, you know. Those are the things that usually are the most entertaining to me in, <laughs> in the story, because it's not what I created. So every time it's like, oh yeah, that's in there, and, and it's this little surprise that's that's part of it. Yeah. And it's inspiring because then it, it kicks off, you know, in the writing process, yep. that fun idea kicks off other fun ideas. I mean, that's the great thing about sure. collaboration. Sure
2: it is funny I mean I I, I went to our school and I came from sort of visual arts background and I always I like the 19th century painting and three, you know uh, modernism and, and so when we were writing the book an issue came up that of whether there would be graffiti in the school and what kind of graffiti there would be and it, at a later revision it just I couldn't I couldn't take it that for, for my way I when i was learning to paint in college and the years afterwards i was so vehemently against graffiti as and wanting it to these classical ideas you know, of painting to be applied to everything that like i couldn't stand there for to be spray painted graffiti like, <laughs> i was like we i can, this is a world right. i've created and i control and i don't this is the
0: last place this is going to happen yeah like
2: right. if i if i you let this, it go there, you know. Then I don't want that in the world. So there's little things like that where I have, you know. Eventually, you say that's you said that was all right.
1: Yeah, I can't <laughs> yeah, remember. But there's little things that. like
2: that where, you as an author, you want full control of your world. You want to create a, this world. You want to spend time in, and want to control little things like that. But
0: now, speaking of control, I've not read the new novel, which is called. Uh,
1: the the loners the is the first in the series first. of quarantine, yeah. uh,
0: and it's going to be three. It's a trilogy, is it's, that it's right? It's going
1: to be a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I've read about it. Of course, it's coming out. When, we're speaking in mid June. It's coming out in July, I think, mm-hmm. here yeah. in mm-hmm. the US. And w- when you mentioned the word control, Tom, it made me think about the fact that in some ways it looks as though the book is almost like a controlled experiment, mm-hmm. uh, it's like definitely a William Golding, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, what, yeah. Right. So tell us a bit of. That I'm sure you're much better than William Golding, with Lord of the Flies*, but uh, no,
2: I don't. I don't know. William Golding, Lord <laughs> of the Flies*. That's.
0: But you know what I mean. When I read it, I thought this is a, taking a group of young people and putting them in a hermetically sealed world and seeing what on earth happens. Yeah, right. at some it's level, it's fully.
1: It's isn't? fully about that. And rather than an island, it's a yeah. high school that's been quarantined, and we stay within that world. Um, and that's always been the the rule. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think us. part of
2: it came from we had this sort of uh, given this opportunity do you have any ideas for a young adult novel and when looking at the young adult novels that were out there I didn't want to do anything super I didn't want to do vampires or or they realize you know they're they grew up in hell and they just found out today you know there's always these such huge moves that uh, that was like definitely a choice we wanted to do something where the only enemy is other kids. There isn't no, have to be. There's a, there's a sort of a conceit you have to buy into to get into the world, and then past that, it's just it's just kids wanting more than each other. Mm. Kids mm. like wanting to be on top and wanting to, to define themselves against each other. You know, and you don't need. We didn't think we needed a bigger. Bad guy is scarier,
1: <laughs> and, than right? Than that.
0: Except you have the thing that's infected everything. Mm-hmm.
1: We have the well, in- that's infection. That's the a way in, is it? It's it not is. It much. is. Right. It is. And right. we've grappled with that quite a bit. I mean, we don't want to give away sort of where where we're headed, but but um, it really is sort of the starting point, so that we can we can really stay in this this world and, and really explore. High school As a nightmare. As a nightmare. Yeah. Now,
0: you guys have a fantastic website. I've Visitors, oh, do you like it? Enjoy it? I think it's really good. Um, can you give us the, the direction for that, the address for that? It's, is I it lex-thomas.com?
2: Lex-thomas.com. Lex,
0: lex-thomas. lex-thomas. yep. It has nice information about both of you and mm-hmm. your and artwork, book. for example, and lots about the yeah. book uh, and the future. Uh, it even gives you a half a second when you can read the Variety magazine story yeah. about it until you're asked to give away your weight height... Oh, and that social that security number. Oh, we'll have to check on that. And then variety. That's variety. Ah, no, it's not that, you. It's yeah, variety no. wanting you to register. Right.
1: Right. Uh, but
0: you've had a, a story about what you're doing in Variety magazine, which I was unable to read because I didn't want oh, them to shoot. know all about me. Right. So tell us what Variety <laughs> has to say. Which is, for those who don't know, the daily and weekly bible of Hollywood and to a lesser extent Broadway here in the United States.
1: Um, well, uh, we. A, a production company uh, and uh, several producers uh, optioned the book, and also along with that, they have trusted us uh, to write the screenplay. So That's we're going to be doing that. Yeah. Congrats! And, uh, we yeah. are doing that uh, yeah. right now. Um, so as far, uh, the nice thing I think that that happens when you know many authors may have their book optioned; the the, the rights are acquired, but they don't necessarily get to stay on, yep. um, it's sort of, thank you very much and see you later and, and we'll, we'll take it from here, uh, but since we're writing a screenplay, we're adapting it um, and staying sort of close to the project, and, and we've talked to the producers already sort of about uh, the amount of feedback that, that we might be able to offer in the process, and so we're, we're kicking around ideas for directors and that sort of thing. So. I think we're getting to stay closer to it than than maybe someone else might in a similar situation. Yeah, that's which is exciting. Amazing.
0: So just getting back to the the first novel, it comes out in July here and yeah. in other countries. I don't
1: think we're sort of firm contractually, uh, but you know, we're getting news sort of every day about what different yeah, territories. I, yeah, but no, but, but it's. Uh,
0: North America, so Canada will, will you know, book book. And young adults, I've done a couple of, i done two other podcasts with young adult fiction writers, actually, but I have never asked them exactly what that means in age terms. Is that sort of
1: 12 to 17? On paper, or? We're, we're 14 and up. 14 yeah, and up.
2: 14 and up. Um, However, I feel like we'll succeed with, I feel like the book could really hit home with, people, with kids in, Junior high, about to enter high school, they yep. might have trepidation about ent- about this new world they're about to go into. Uh, I mean, we talked. and might have appeal just for the fact that it's supposed to be for 14 and up. I could see a, my, 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 <laughs> a 12-year-old version of myself. Yeah, that's that would help. That would make me want to read it more.
1: And that was a certain that was helpful, sort of, uh, uh, in the beginning when we were starting to think about like, okay, what what can we put in this story under the sort of the class classification of young adult what's okay and i don't know we both sort of transported ourselves to our 12 year old versions and thought about like what were we reading at that time what what were we into what excited us and it was stuff that was not for us you know what i mean it was for an older age bracket i was reading stephen king like specifically i remember that. bray bradbury and stephen king um and stephen king definitely was not sure. writing for me as a target audience, but
0: absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean that was a struggle. I feel like initially, it just feels as though like oh, you need to put on some kid gloves. You need to soften everything. You need to shield the reader away from things. But we and we did write the first like chapter when we first tried to make this happen that way, and, and it didn't. It just didn't work. Didn't I feel authentic. Like, hmm. Eventually, the choice to sort of treat kids like. Smart, as smart, smart enough to understand you describing life the things in it.
0: Now you mentioned earlier high school is hell
2: mm.
0: in the almost 20 years I've lived in the United States almost everyone I know who grew up here and went to high school says high school was hell right <laughs> as opposed to school was the greatest time oh. of my life <laughs> <laughs> why is high school hell?
2: I mean I don't think it is hell necessarily for everyone but
1: it wasn't it, awful for me but there were awful things about it I mean, you know, it's an awkward time for a lot of people. They're figuring out their identity. I mean, mean, you're
2: you're going through puberty. You're trying or possibly failing in love for the first time. You're put into contained environments with other people where there's a a hierarchy and people, and they talk about each other and your sort of social, um, your reputation could skyrocket or plummet based Mm -hmm. on how you perform so to speak day to day so I think it's it's just can be a scary environment I had a hard, harder time in junior high than high school But I,
0: for people outside the like, US the difference in age between junior high and high uh, junior
2: high would be probably like uh, 13 11 to 13
0: mm-hmm. and then high school 14 to 18, 18. right uh so in other words this is partly really about a stage in life rather than the actual institution of high school being a problem
2: I don't yeah I don't think that high school is a problem to me the book is more like about being afraid of high school mm. it's, it's more that it's more the way like for me the way my fear of these things pervert my reality and the way I take them in and what yeah. I'm seeing in a, in a given situation so it's sort of that put into real terms in my mind like this word trap you in, a, in, trap the reader in a high school within a scared outlook on yeah. a high
1: school. Yeah. And we specifically deal with um, the idea of the social cliques in high school turning into gangs and uh, that it's it's sort of it's gang warfare within, mm-hmm. within school um, and you have to fight to survive. Um, and ident- you have to pick a team, basically. You have to
0: be. Now, from the website, I gather there are a, there's one particularly powerful clique.
1: Yes,
2: yes. yes. Uh, Varsity—it's called in the in the in the book. And the way it works in the book is that the uh, they're quarantined within this high school because they have the deadly, deadly virus in them, and the government drops food in every two weeks. But once it does, the kids all fight, and there's one gang that contains all of the athletes from the school and the biggest, strongest, and they secure the most secure of the, the most food, food. And supplies and sort of uh, control the economy.
1: Right, and, and again, f-
0: for people outside the U.S., can you explain varsity within high school?
2: Uh, well, there's, if you play sports in high school... Uh,
1: there's varsity and junior varsity, and, and, and junior varsity is can be...
2: It's the smaller kids, the younger kids, and the ones that aren't as good yeah. usually. Yeah, well, I think that's like
1: 13 to 15 or something, in right, right. unless you're really good, and varsity's like 16 to 18 or right. something. Right,
0: and if you're a girl? Same, it works same. the same. Yeah. There's also JV and JV and varsity. And, and varsity. Yeah, yeah. Great. Actually, there is no junior varsity, but there ah. that
1: might be worth uh, What's that? There is oh, in, no junior in book, varsity no in our junior... book, but it's oh. funny. <laughs> it could, sure could make it its way. sounds
0: <laughs> like... Slang. Perhaps it will emerge out of the primordial slime yeah. in the third volume. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as I understand it, your protagonists are two brothers. And again, this is from the website, so I think I'm not disclosing any no, no, secret. No, no. Right? Uh, Who have to struggle because they don't quite belong.
1: Yeah. yeah? The the main character, David, um, who's the older brother, uh, has uh, an ongoing grudge with. Uh, the guy who who becomes the leader of varsity, the the big bad guys, and so that grudge haunts them and and, uh, through the book. So when uh, you first meet them, they're in a bad place because they've basically been shunned from every gang as a result of of this grudge.
2: So the two brothers sort of begin the story at the bottom of the social ladder, not belonging to any gang, odd jobs to survive. And his little brother is also epileptic, and no gang wants to take him in for fear that, during all these the physical battles they have and the struggles to get food, that he would be useless.
0: Does he have medication problems? He did. He He had medication to begin with, but it's run out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Stuff in there. Yeah.
0: So, in, by volume three, he'd be having to have volume one and volume two between his teeth to stop swallowing his tongue when he has an episode. Right? Yeah, this poor kid. Yeah, yeah. I say this as a joke, but of course it's a very serious uh, right. malady that people have. Um, right. So, the, so, and I guess that is part of the story you're talking about in general—the fear of not belonging. Yeah. That is so important in, in yeah. adolescence right. for so many of us. Not just in adolescence. I yeah. Mean, in, in any new environment.
1: Right. Right.
2: I mean, that was very. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that was very, uh, centri- that was how I was thinking about it initially, and I still think about it that way, is, is the idea that, to me, when you're in high school, these things feel like life or death. Belonging to a group feels like life or death. Uh, all, all the things you deal with, so we put it, we make it actually a life or death issue. We put it in real terms, where if they don't belong to a gang, they'll most likely starve and they will die. Mm-hmm. So that was the effort. And what, how many of these things can we make? Put into real terms that would inspire the same emotion in an adult, or an, or someone just reading the story that you you feel in real life. Right.
0: So, volume one out here in in North America, U.S. and Canada at least, in just two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. Where are you in terms of the writing process for the the other two more? Right. The yeah, other two. two more.
1: Um, we're we're sort of. Uh, Going back sort of a little middle.
2: bit. Yeah, we wrote a, we, we handed in a, a second one. Uh-huh. and then, uh, but our, our editor sort of just thought that a lar- that a lot of what was happening in the second would be ideal for the third book in the series, which at first we weren't sure right. how to handle, but then we really warmed to it and for the end uh, the series like, has become a lot more complete in our minds. It's really now clicked. We used that to decide, well, if that is the last step, then what is the middle step? And now we're at the beginning of writing that, of uh, rewriting the second book. Right.
0: So the, the the it's really from scratch. done, almost done. You know, everybody's yeah. like half
1: done. It's yeah. yeah. half done, and now going back. We're going do this second.
0: Well, you know, jean Godard said, all my films have a beginning and a middle and an end, but just not necessarily in that order. Right. <laughs>
1: so, well, that definitely applies not? in That's this case. We've been yeah. shuffling things around. I think things have clicked, finally. But That's great. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, it's a blessing in disguise. I feel like this what we've come up with for this second book now is, is the second book. It's, it's really exciting and, and really a great um, sequel natural sequel to to what the first one is.
0: Now this shows the value of an editor.
1: Mm. It does. Uh,
0: Lots of people who write trade and mass market books and have done so for a long time say that nowadays it's almost impossible to get decent in-house editing at big publishers mm, because right. they've cut back so much on mm-hmm. it and that this is one of the reasons why a lot of these folks, I remember Kurt Vonnegut writing a column about this once mm. are in favour of creative writing classes in college on the grounds that that's where you make contacts that can hold you in good right. stead later because what was done for his writing in the 60s and 70s is no longer available. Right, right. So how exciting that you actually did have some—you have somebody who does it's this. It's really yeah, worked out
1: great. in a great way. I mean, and it's also the publisher Egmont, um, They've, uh, they're, uh, they're, they're small, I mean, they're part of a, a, a bigger international public publishing company, but I think they've just started in the U.S. Uh, with a U.S. branch uh, in 2008 or something, and it's very sort of a, uh, a tight-knit team, and um, it has sort of a, a, a small... Uh, closeness to it that I, that maybe I mean we don't have experience with other other publishing houses, but it feels like we're getting that sort of family experience Proper in a attention. nice yeah, yeah in a nice way. And I
2: think you know the economy being what it is, but there's there's still going to be people that are passionate about books. There's still going to be people that love novels enough that that's what they want to work in, and maybe they're not getting as good money as they used to, but. As long as there's still people that have the love for it, I feel like that there you will be able to find that somebody yeah. who
0: could give you a good point of view. And that, without giving away trade secrets, but a lot of people are interested in how the book industry works and so on. Can you tell us a bit about how you came to be articulated to Egmont? And how how all that happened?
1: Well, they they bought they bought the package that we that we put together um,
2: initially it was just our manager saying she had sold a young adult novel with one of her other clients Josephine Angelini who you interviewed
0: yes who's who was wonderful yeah. lovely lovely person Je yeah. yes
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes uh, so yes that that it, she had had success with that and she asked us like oh we you know I've got this new this literary agent New York that I sold this book with and she's asking me if you have' any, if I have any other ideas any clients with ideas and we put a treatment together and and they went for it and then it came like six months of working with that literary agent to
1: create sample who, chapters and yeah
2: write the first hundred pages and and write a treatment to, that sells sort of the rest of the book and a proposal yeah. for the other two books
1: and nice. from from what I understand about sort of behind the scenes of what was happening during the period when when the the package and the sample chapters was going around to different publishing houses uh our editor Greg uh was there and passionate about the project all the way through, and really sort of, you know, fighting to, to be a be a part of this, and 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 definitely that enthusiasm has, has carried across to actually working with him uh, up to like him packaging the book. I mean, he's he's really excited about the idea, and I think it shows in, in what the 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 final product is as far as what you're going to see on the shelves, and and. Uh, the cover image and 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 a lot of uh, maybe the publicity that you see around the, the book. You know, they're very excited about the idea. Right?
2: Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think it's great. I think uh, I w- I hope more authors could have that kind of the experience we're having. Yeah, you know, writing is a little bit of a lonely. Because we've definitely heard tough thing. So the flip
1: side. I would
2: hate to meet just a sort of cold business like pu- have my contact at the publisher uh, not. You know what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> I would hate to have a bad experience, but we've been having sure. a lovely experience. Now, yeah. of
0: course, I have to ask you, as a practicing artist, how mm. you felt about the illustration, the look of the cover, and giving over that decision making. Because uh, on your website, I think you talk about this a little bit. Yeah, so right. Who decides these things? Ultimately, yeah, ultimately well,
2: we don't really decide. Yeah,
1: how it's, I mean, it's I mean I to come <laughs> to terms with. I know. So we just had to, to let it go. Um, but you know, Tom is a is a painter and an illustrator, and so you know. He definitely has ideas about what, what it could look like. But you know, in the end, that's just not how the decisions are, ma- are made. Yeah, we and were, a lot of people out, uh, you know, uh, uh, forces outside of the publishing company weigh in. Yeah, our, well.
2: we've been told, like, management told us, like, don't even ask. <laughs> oh, please, don't even ask to paint the cover yourself. Or they, like, that publishers loathe it when, when an author will request to do, make their own cover. Uh, and we're so stressed out trying to write the thing <laughs> that I couldn't even, like, the idea of, of creating a whole new painting and then entering that into the process of everyone, you know, saying what they think of it. Right, because you'll get notes I on that, to change, too. It sounded like, I don't know if I could bear it.
0: Right. But right. You're an artist and a writer, but you don't understand either art or writing, and in particular, you don't understand your own novel. So therefore, you're clearly disqualified right, right. <laughs> from day one. You don't get it. You have no I mean, there's some truth to that, I think. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you do
2: need, I mean, uh, having people that self-publish now and they don't have an editor, it does seem, I, I don't know how they do it. I feel like there are definitely, there's just times where you can't see it. As the author, you can't see the, the, what's wrong with it, what's not working, perhaps the stuff that you've taken out or you haven't said yet in the book is, is floating through your mind and mm-hmm. not in the reader's, whatever, like, there's just times that it's, you've made something that it doesn't work, and you have to have this outside perspective. You've yeah, completely lost. I mean, you
1: just need people you trust that, that understand story and understand what's missing. I mean, the greatest thing in the world are great notes, precise, sharp notes, so that you can really understand like, what's what's missing or what's not working. You know, I mean, uh, other notes that you can get can sort of say that there's something wrong, uh, but it may not really target what actually is wrong. So you have to do that work of figuring out, okay, well, what is this really about? Wh- why are they responding in this way? Like, what is the problem and really? Going through maybe what their their steps were uh, to find out what the core problem is.
0: Now we all live in L.A. and it sounds like we all sit in vaguely public places to do quite a lot of writing. Something, mm-hmm. something, something yeah. that I do because yeah. it is lonely, as you said earlier, it Tom. Is. Even though I'm not I'm not writing the kinds of uh, books that that you are, um, and I am also working in an institution, so mm-hmm.
1: I have mm-hmm.
0: more connectedness in right. in a sense, but. In that experience, I often see people, especially here in Los Angeles, writing screenplays, Mm -hmm. and you can tell because of uh, the margins that they've set. (laughs) You walk past them and waiting to buy a cup of tea. (laughs) Right there's the And of course, a lot of people are using software increasingly to assist them in writing. Do you guys have any truck with that, or are you just interested in a a simple word processing package that enables you to type? No,
2: mostly that. I mean, I (laughs) feel like I (laughs) I like that program Scrivener, Mm -hmm. uh, in that it allows you to have so many separate documents so cleanly organized, and I can start a fresh one for every new chapter or scene or or just some thought I want to look into. I've
0: bought it but I don't really understand it yet. But anyway, I do have uh, it. It's on this thing here. That's what's great
1: that's <laughs> yeah. what's great about it is that you can organize thoughts under yeah. one yeah. idea. Yeah. And that that's it's, what I was gonna it's say is actually for organizing. Oh it does have a nice
2: compose mode where you click the compose button right. and it black bars go down the side and the rest of your screen right goes away. Goes away. And
0: it it also works very well for academics by the way, because hmm. it's quite good when it comes to referencing and stuff like that. Right. Right. Right.
2: right. It's mostly organizing. But yeah you don't need I don't think you need much.
1: You don't. I mean, really, what do you need except for pen and paper? But I like, bought a typewriter. Really?
2: I've ordered it. I, I, I ordered an electric type. I mean, it's a stoop. I don't know if I might be Might be foolish, but I was just uh, got in my head the other day that I'm going to buy a typewriter, and what I'm going to do is put the typewriter in my studio. And I, just in my head, feeling like, man, when you wrote on a typewriter, you really had to be sure of what you meant. Like, you really yeah. needed to know you meant what you mentally going to that maybe it would be a good exercise if I put the typewriter, if I work on the typewriter for the initial draft right, and then with my iPhone take photos of the, you know, you can take a photo of the page and have it scanned at the test and then the sort of adding the paragraph breaks would be a chance to go through and revise the whole thing and expand it. But
1: it... Well, it probably shaped the writing process. It's sort of a harebrained scheme. I. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like that actually would make it there... Maybe the format or, or how you write something is uh, shapes actually what you end up writing, just or how you end up I writing. So. Like if you just had, if you're Hemingway and you have a typewriter, you re- like you said, you really have to know what. Cons- but well, I you hope want. you didn't
0: go online to audio typewriter Tom. That would be a bit of a contradiction.
1: Um, you should I... have
0: sent off a little postcard <laughs> she, uh, she <laughs> to went some to a... strange address <laughs> That's right. in the Midwest.
1: That's right. Where
0: there's a little yeah. Russian man yeah, in his eighties exactly. <laughs> who has a few of these in the back room.
2: I have three. Uh, <laughs> that would be great. No, I didn't I wasn't very committed to this pl- I don't know if this plan is a good one <laughs> so I bought a... I, I eBayed like a $30 electric typewriter that has a the ability to con- I mean I didn't realize typewriters had gotten to the point where you you can have like a full line preview if you could write a full sentence oh, sure. and have yeah, it be yeah. well, on the LED I had, screen I had one in the 80s oh, that did that it
0: and the other thing was it had heat treated paper
2: mm-hmm. what does uh, that have to you? uh
0: it would actually you know once you'd okayed the line it would then Immediately imprint it onto this heat-treated oh, paper, but it couldn't right. do it with normal paper. Right. And if you lived in a humid climate, as I did after Everything about a roasted. year, things just went away. Yeah. And you oh had my God, a that's slightly a slightly discolored page and nothing else. Ugh. So look out for that one. Well, it's not too humid here in Los Angeles. Oh, that awful.
1: sounds
2: like a nightmare. It sounds it does, like a that nightmare. sounds like a Stephen King story. It does. Like, it sounds a, like you have one copy of your manuscript, <laughs> and like on, across the journey to get it to the publisher vanishes. Oh well, the other thing God. you need
0: to do to welcome it into your home mm-hmm. is there's that great Warren Zavon song uh, where he, the, cat, the protagonist is a heroin addict and his fantastic line about hanging out for his fix is, uh, I pawned my Smith Corona and I went to meet my man. He hangs out on El Dorado Street by the Pioneer Chicken Stand. Yeah.
1: Which is not far from where I live. It's right Which down the block.
0: Which is not far from where you live. And somewhere there but is, uh, is a Warren Zavon Smith Corona.
1: In that Pioneer oh, Chicken. Now it's a Little Caesars. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. So you think I should take my brother SX4000 <laughs> down to the Pioneer Chicken stand, it?
0: Well, I think you should rename it Smith Corona, or yeah. maybe that's the next book title or author title you come Smith up with Carina. together. Smith you become, Carina. you know, Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Smith Corona. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know. In any event, so. Um, you mentioned, if I can just take us back, 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 like they say in baseball commentary, a wee bit, that you've been working on screenplays before mm. mm-hmm. uh, writing the book. What was it like getting into screenplays, and what was it like then turning your hand to something in the novel form? Uh,
1: I mean, there's a there was a. <laughs> I mean, there was a, I would say there's a little bit of strategy to decide. Deciding once and for all to to do this novel because we've been hitting our head against the wall for for a long time in the, because as you may be able to see from what's getting made nowadays everything is from uh, Known properties everything's based on something or a remake. I mean I say everything liberally, but but pretty much um, And so a spec screenplay didn't really it was really a calling card, it wasn't something you could sell so we we decided to sort of circumvent yeah. the problem. A lot
2: of screenplays, that, screen, screenwriters that write completely or live off their spec scripts are doing terrible right now. They're just having a really hard time but yeah if it's if it's sold somewhere else already then that Validates validates it. Well, yeah. You
0: know, if you go back to classical Hollywood, mm. and you see the trailers for a lot of move, wonderful films in the twenties, thirties, and forties, the first thing in the trailer it says is from the Broadway play yeah. or from the best-selling novel,
1: or it was Robin right. Hood, or
0: right. or you know a, a legendary tenor. yeah yeah yeah, huh? um, and
1: then those were remade every ten years or so, as well. I think same director would then if he made the silent <laughs> movie, he would make the talkie or whatever.
2: I mean, I love it. I I think it's it's much harder to. I found writing a novel much harder than writing a screenplay but uh, I like it I mean it definitely was so much more creatively satisfying uh, to build this world to actually like spell it out minute to minute and to get to the end of this giant mm. thing
1: mm. Uh, well what does William Goldman say it's a, a screenwriting is math or something, something to just, that extent.
2: just structure yeah. get into a scene as late as possible get out as early as did
0: possible did he say that I didn't
1: yeah he said structure and nothing nothing else right and, and, and there's truth for that like,
2: uh, there is a bit of math to screenwriting and when you're screenwriting you tend to think of the entire story all at once and most of your writing is done in planning oh well this happens then that causes this then this then this and you and then the actual laying down the scenes is sort of like the last step uh,
1: I mean some people do it really well you know and they are the great screenwriters you know Robert town and, and those guys make it Right. Literary, you know.
0: Yeah, so it'd be hard to draw effectively um, or chart algorithmically right. Chinatown yeah, exactly. or the two Jakes, right. <laughs> right?
1: Right. Right. Let's say. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I mean, right. for the most part, it, it does sort of function yeah. that way. And well, we wrote, uh, we were writing comedies together, yeah. which is clearly very different than this, this dark sort of science or fantasy science fiction tale that we've got but yeah we were writing comedies which actually was a fun a fun process in that we were telling each other jokes it's great (laughs) comedy (laughs) is
2: great for writing teams yeah you then it's lightweight we don't spend so much time together it's lightweight you're talking about ideas you both find funny and you are just like tossing jokes back and forth throwing out well what if it went this way and 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 (laughs) laughing about that and wondering if can we get away with that? That is a fun process.
0: Uh, and what about the task now of transitioning, of turning this from a novel into a screenplay? Is that math?
2: Oh, it's brutal. I don't, yeah, it is. It's, it's very painful. I, like,
0: it's painful math.
2: It's pa- very painful math. It's constantly, it's killing your babies just daily. Right. Everything you've worked so hard to create in this novel can it it can all exist only in this most the simplest terms the like key values at stake can exist the key the Mm. main characters and then all the extra stuff which when you when you read the book feel like enriches Mm. everything Mm. has to go or appear as just sort of a a shortcut like a little something that someone read the book could go oh yeah that I, i i know that person Right. But in the, in the movie, they, they'll get a line or two.
1: It's just a different beast. I mean, clearly, you know, movies are not books. It's just a different experience. I feel like you, you sort of need to shape it in a direction so that it has a, if it's a screenplay, it has a rhythm that's going to fit within two hours and, and be its own experience. Yeah. And be something different. I, did you end up seeing the Cabal cut the uh, the no, Night I wanted to go I see it. I saw it. Oh, you saw it. I saw it. How was it? Um, it was really long. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, there, everything. This is this is a uh, it's an um, 80s
2: horror movie by the Clive Barker directed that I like. It's a, it's a favorite of, of mine. It's not wonderful. Uh, and it it's kinda, got some
1: pretty awesome things. But it, in ha- it does
2: have some great things, and there's been a, there's been an extra 30 minutes of footage that people <laughs> whisper about that's recently been unearthed and is now being shown like theater to theater these days around the and U.S.
1: It, oh, I mean, I, I actually haven't seen the original, and I saw this three-hour version, and the whole time I was thinking, like, this may be in, in the novel version, but... Oh, man. Doesn't it, could, it doesn't right. belong here. It could use a lot of editing to be mm. a tight story and it actually made me want to see the movie version.
0: And, and he adapted right. it from his own novel, did he? He
2: adapted it from a novella, yeah. Right. Uh, but uh, that's that's the thing, really, is time. It's two hours. You have two hours and that is what forces most of your decisions. It's like you just don't... You have every, to make it work within those is, Every yeah. second is precious yeah, and yeah. it has to be serving a purpose and you have to now, Move on.
0: what about the question of genre when it comes in particular to the film, because there's a long tradition of a genre that I really like, which is the low-budget Hollywood high school film. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: The kind that Freddie Prince Jr. used to be in. Uh-huh. uh which <laughs> He just
1: got a bunch of DVDs of, like, that, didn't
0: you
2: say? I, I got ones from the 80s, oh, yeah. Okay.
0: So even before him. Mm-hmm. But... The ones he made in the 90s, and people like him. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, right. you know, these sorts of people right. were in these films.
2: What do you like about them?
0: I love them because they made me think that high school might have been better than the horror that I went through. <laughs> <laughs> because even though it's horrible, in the end, very good things happen to good people, right. and very bad things happen to bad people. It didn't seem to me as that, that was what high school right. ended up as.
2: No, right. no, I don't remember
0: that. <laughs> so I thought, God, if only I'd, I would sit there and weep as Jennifer and... Freddie would you know, clutch at one another, and he'd take off his glasses, and she would too, and they'd let their hair down, and right. they'd be in the library stacks or the football field or right. wherever they were, and it would all be mm-hmm. magical music. I thought if I'd gone to a high school in the United States, that would have happened to me. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why people
1: love the John Hughes movies. Yes. You know, they There's a place in people's hearts yep. because they, I don't know, they seem to endure and offer a, a realistic fantasy. I mean, it, there is sort of like a, a sparkly. Uh, Aspect to those John Hughes movies, but they're also they they deal with at least real issues of the time. You bet. there's a well, yeah, there's a balance.
0: Think there's... of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know that moment with all the jump cuts when they're in the Art Institute of Chicago mm-hmm. and they are looking at Abstract Expressionism or whatever, mm-hmm. and you suddenly realize that they are readying themselves for college. Yeah, that mm-hmm. all this fun and right. ludicrous experience of high school how Ford is is something they are transcending at that right. very moment, and you see this because of what they're looking at, how it's put together. So right. on and so forth. That's what's interesting about Hughes that he can have that along with the thriller-minute ride. Right.
1: I think. Yeah. Right.
0: You know, right. it makes him so interesting and different from a Jennifer Love Hewitt, Prince-style. Yeah. Prince right. style. yeah.
1: Hmm? There's another uh, Days to Confused is some, one that yeah. I watched yeah. in college over and over and over uh. again. That's just a. That's just a fun. It's, that's like a day, a day in the life sort of thing. I think it's like right. from the end of school to the party that night. And it captures all the groups that you, you may or may not remember yeah. from, from yeah. high school. Yeah. But there's an overall tone and feeling to it that's this sort of sweetness uh, that I, I love. And actually, that, that's the stuff that I remember from high school that, mm-hmm. that I think fondly of, are the friendships. You know, yes. and, and the moments out usually outside of school, uh, or the summers or, or whatever. Um, and there's a certain certain like innocence and in youth. Innocence in the, and the yearning in for the connectedness, connectedness yeah. outside
0: the family. Yeah. You know, that there might be yeah. what later on, identity but also something that is elective that you've chosen as opposed to your family, right. which is right. a given. Right. Right? right. I mean I think that's the great thing that can happen. Yeah. I
1: think that's what defines huh? the 20s too. Is is also College, really bedtime. finding your friends and yeah. bonding with your yeah. friends and, and creating sort of a, a group that fits you yeah, that fits you don't too. have to force yourself into.
0: But in terms of that, those cliches of high school mm. movies. Yeah. I guess this is not what can happen in your film <laughs> because it's such it's it's mixing with horror. And fantasy—is that fair to say? In, in um,
2: yeah, I think it's, it's. it's a fantasy, you know, at heart. Really, it's a. You, this isn't. There isn't a, a high school like this quarantined with this virus. <laughs> uh, you know, we've done it because you know, just initially the idea of like, oh, what if the cliques in high school were actual gangs that fought each other? Hmm. Sounded like a fun idea, and, hmm. and you know, uh, but
1: I think there's I don't relatable. No, we definitely it. have
2: the tone of the book is slated more towards thrilling you and being an exciting story, the edgier seat than it is towards um, I mean there is a very strong love plot a love triangle between the two brothers and the girl they both like Uh, and that takes over for a section in the book and that's funny because the initial draft of the book was sort of all struggle and and killing and and fear
0: and then (laughs) (laughs) are <laughs> gonna the, love it this is football meets the prom
1: yeah, is right? yeah. uh,
2: and then uh, on the second draft it was sort of we, there, we added a hun- sort of a hundred pages uh, part way through that was all pure, almost completely the love plot and the, things were yeah. settled down and that really balanced the book out Like I feel like they both made the f- how dangerous the rest of the school was made the love plot seem more important and, sure. like they need each other sure. more and vice versa they, they sort of strengthen each other
0: uh, and both the boys fall in love with the girl mm-hmm. so it's a sort of Girardian mimetic desire quite a formula
1: yeah. wow. I, I guess it's creepy
0: <laughs> no I think it well probably right. so is life
1: yeah
0: I mean God knows what forms of life there are out here now. Where are we, folks? We are in Griffith Park Trails Cafe. Trails Cafe, but there is—we're not really in it. In that we're outside. to so we drive well. up
2: residential streets. Very nice. There's park area leading over up here. Into Griffith park right. And then sort of trails into
0: much past the. Uh, so this
2: this cafe will become. they will be stop being houses. So this is
0: the bottom of the moment when James Dean is motoring down the hill uh, or whoever is in Rebel Without a Cause. I'm don't sure. they come down Griffith Park?
1: They do, but there's so many entrances to Griffith Park. I, I, does this one go directly up to the observatory? I don't know, actually. I don't know but either. But for those
0: people who remember Rebel Without a Cause, there's a big mm-hmm. car racing sequence yeah. with Sal Minio, I mm-hmm, think, in James Dean, mm-hmm. at the top of the hill. Yeah, We're at the bottom of that we're hill, even if we're not head. exactly <laughs> where they die yeah. or end up, whatever happens in it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's quite an epic component life here in Southern California.
1: It's a big, big yeah. park with yeah. a lot, oh, it covers a lot of ground, really. I mean, it
2: pretty much divides Los Angeles from the valley right. above, or right. north rather. Uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty large.
0: So where, in terms of the high school, where are they? Are they in a kind of rural area then, the high school? What's in Colorado. The for? It's in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So a, a big kind of mountainous but also creek laden, state with lots yeah, sort of, of a, open space—a
1: foothill-ish uh, small town. Small town. So
0: it could be outside somewhere like Boulder. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And but then they're quickly trapped within their high school, and for the rest of the story, they're denied uh, they, the, nature or any any of those sort of pleasures. We. The...
0: Oh, they're literally in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. They're in the school, in the school
2: and locked within this, the walls yeah. of the school, and will be locked there until. This virus were to leave their body, which conveniently is, is right around eighteen. My fault
0: is a big virus left my body around eighteen. <laughs> <Right? too. laughs> Definitely, that's interesting. So, this is interesting, folks, for another reason, which is that in the United States, there literally is a thing called lockdown that really does happen at schools, and not only high schools and junior high; it happens in elementary school here. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, I know people whose children have not been allowed to leave the school for hours and hours and hours because someone's a people with a gun or whatever. Yeah. This is a, an, not an everyday term, but a term that is understood as part of school life in this country, isn't
1: it? Yeah, I, I mean, so. I never had any experience with it in, in my high school, but I, I, know, I recognize that it's happening more and more and more. Oh, there were, actually was a, a, a headline that we yeah. saw recently that was in Florida. There, there was a virus outbreak in a high school, and they quarantined the high school, like in May. You know, took a month ago. So.
0: Must life imitates art. It does. Yeah. It does. Nothing's original.
1: No, it's
0: not. I mean,
2: if they could have pushed it up to the week, our book it would have been <laughs> <It better. laughs> oh, a
1: lot better.
0: That's annoying, isn't it? It yeah. really is. <laughs> Every now and then, there's this this delay between publication and reality. I think right. it's getting close. May, July, yeah, same close. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: As long as the As long as the the, web page is still up for that new story. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's what what I wanted
0: more. Right. Well, the other thing you could always do is, I guess, take a picture of it and then just put it on your website. We should
1: probably do that with a variety. The thing. variety thing. For I sure. would
0: recommend that. Yeah, because yeah,
1: it's jumpy.
0: It's an, and I've tried. I've had that experience I've, with I've that. I've tried site. visiting variety for your story on two or three different devices, mm-hmm. just and different web addresses, yeah. in right. different places. You know what I mean? Just to see if yeah. it makes a difference. Every, yeah. time. every time they want to know. Right. My waist size. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> no, I know. So get on it.
0: Now we've got about ten minutes left, if that's okay. If you gentlemen sure. still have a little bit more time, and course, I wanted to so. ask you, going back a bit in in your own personal histories, how to how you got to be here, as it were, Los and, Angeles, yeah, and and to being writers, amongst other things. Um, yeah, Lex, why don't we start with you?
1: I was, uh, well, I would say, in, if we start with high school, uh, I had a something clicked i would say around my like junior or senior year i realized so this that this was like
0: 17 18 yeah yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: i realized that uh, film was an art form and there was a, there were a lot of really interesting stories out there i i i had always there were certain movies that i always loved as a kid um, and but then i realized like wow there's there's a lot of different choices out there and i, I really became enamored with with movies um and the most direct outlet for me was was actually acting and I pursued acting for uh, quite a while, I was in New York and then I decided that acting wasn't the outlet that I I wanted and when I moved to Los Angeles I really said to myself that I I wanted to to write movies. Um,
0: And where had you grown up? Virginia. In Virginia?
1: Yeah. Um, So that's what both brought me to Los Angeles and also sort of really targeted writing for me I was an English major in college um, but I don't I don't know why I chose that necessarily uh, I uh, it, it, I feel like it's helped me it's helped me down the line to sort mm. of have uh, an understanding of, of, of literature um, but at the time I don't know why I chose it I was it. a drama major as, as, well. as well. I guess I, I guess I liked I mean, it, liked or it. I thought it was a good combination. <laughs> I don't know.
0: What yeah. was the thing that made you turn away from acting and towards writing as a means of artistic expression?
1: Control, actually. I,
0: I, Alfred Hitchcock all that because of cattle.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, to a to a, at a certain point, I realized when I was on a set that I wasn't able to, to enact the, the creative choices that I, I wanted to, to pull up and so I, I decided, well, you know, I, I think I have a talent for, for writing and so I'll just head in that direction and, and see if, uh, if maybe I have more creative control in that arena yeah. and, you know, it just takes time and, a lot, and lot of work. Sense. A lot of work.
0: And, and Tom, you uh, trained as an artist, right?
1: Yeah,
2: I went to art school and I was training you know, oil painting, for portraits, landscapes, that kind of painting. And uh, and then I got out of school, and by the time I had gotten out of school, I didn't think I was very good as a painter. I, I and, uh, wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. I, I kept measuring myself up to, you know, like, John Singer Sargent and, and Whistler and all the, those were my favorite painters and I didn't look my paintings did not look like theirs and I didn't hadn't received sort of the instruction to make them look that way uh <clears throat> so the only other thing I liked was comedy and I decided to try to do a little stand-up comedy and then I I, I did like one open mic it was horrendous <laughs> and <laughs> it was funny as what I'd actually had made the uh mistake of I went to an open mic, I'd looked on the internet and saw this was supposed to be a good place to start. And then I somebody who was there asked me like would you are you are you scared? Are you feel a little worried? And I, I said like no I think I'm gonna do good. And then he'd very he was very upset by that. I realized like where I was doing comedy was this place full of failed comedians who hadn't made it. <laughs> Hadn't gotten to a club, so he sat in the front row and shook his head through everything <laughs> <mentioned. laughs> in uh, I decided not to, I'm like, I don't think I can handle being a stand-up comedian,
0: yeah. but
2: I thought I could write comedy, and it was the screenwriting boom at the time, so I moved down to L.A. to write comedy. And then uh, began painting again along the process, and then started writing with Lex. Uh, so it is a sort of an odd route.
0: It's yeah. interesting, and but you, somewhere or other in there, you rediscovered confidence in your painting.
2: Yes, yes. It was about four or five years of being in L.A. and doing writing and, and, and not having really gotten anywhere, like placing in contests, but not like making money. And uh, then I sort of went back to painting. I started taking more workshops mm. with different painters. and mm. uh, uh, Yeah. That, I don't know. That was that definitely sort of helped me. But I, at, the, at the whenever whichever one I'm doing, I'm sort of missing the other. And now that we're writing some of these novels, I have a lot of like art guilt. Art guilt. <laughs> art guilt that I'm not painting. That my skills are waning, and I'm not producing things because I. I I just don't feel that I can do both ca- one casually. I feel right. the need to do either one all the way.
0: Lex, what do you feel guilty about But you can share with a family audience?
1: Um, <laughs> what do I feel guilty about?
0: Um, Surely there can't be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there must be something. I mean, he's got the dialectic between art and writing.
1: Right. Uh, guilty about... Well, you know, you take, choosing the artist's path, you know, uh, provides for certain limitations elsewhere. I mean, it's you don't earn a lot of money for a long time. Uh, it's hard, it takes all your work, it takes sort of all your thought, um, and that saps energy from, from other places. And I have a family, I have a wife and two girls, and... Uh, you know uh it it didn't always put food on the table Mm -hmm. so that choosing such a selfish endeavor which writing feels like at times because you're sort of completely uh in your own head in your own world and trying to make something work that maybe doesn't work uh while you know other people depend on you, is is a hard, it's a hard hard line. thing.
0: And I guess what you're both talking about is that there's had to be many years of dedication and probably false starts,
1: mm-hmm. exactly. and
0: lack of faith, lack of confidence at different times, yeah. as well as sacrifices. Both faith you is and I feel others. like the
1: hardest, one of the faith, hardest things definitely about. Definitely the hardest.
0: I mean,
2: <clears throat> I feel like I contemplated quitting quitting screenwriting every like three weeks for.
1: I mean, so right, up to, right so, up to ten years or
2: so. Right up to before we hey. sold the book. I <laughs>
1: yeah. mean, it was it was.
2: Rough. Oh yeah, I was ready to call a quiz. it quits. before we sold the book.
0: I think on the website is it you, Lex, who lists some of the jobs you've done? Yeah, yeah. What are they? Were, it was a fantastic list. I'd done quite a lot of them, I think, myself. <laughs> there are odd jobs. But,
1: I mean, I feel like so so many people probably as, can <laughs> can knock them off off the list as well. But yeah, I mean, you sort of try everything uh just to get by just to carve out some time elsewhere so that you can do something creative it's it's all about it's all about doing a job that you're not going to take home with you and a lot of those jobs that i I list are, are jobs that you just go to you put in your time and you get out because if you take something home with you then you can't get any other work done which is you know. Creative work is a is a full time job. The
0: problem being, of course, that nowadays here in LA, you need a headshot to get a job as a barista. Yeah, <laughs> and that's serious. Yeah, no. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, thank you both very much for coming along to the pod. It was really great, and I'm yeah. to extract that's the great. promise from you that when the film comes out, and when the second volume comes out, and when the third volume comes out. If we're all still here in LA or somewhere else, we manage to come together, and you will rejoin. The yes, pod audience. let's do it. Okay. Let's, let's
1: track this. I feel like we. We got a big journey.
0: Thank you both. Yeah.